This is episode 9 of the Prepper Website Podcast. Today's topics include building a chicken tractor, survival apps for your cell phone, how to make an emergency water filter, and six things that will happen when the power goes down. Hey, my name is Todd Sepulveda. I am the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily aggregator of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Let's go ahead and get started. This first article comes to us from Dave's Homestead at TNGun.com. The title of the article is Chicken Tractor. Uh, I do want to let you know that there is a video that goes along with it that Dave has recorded that talks about, or he goes into a little bit more detail of uh, from what he's what he's saying in the article. So let's go ahead and get started here. I've been really busy lately. We moved out of our apartment. I've been teaching a lot. Plus, the day after our move, I left for a two-week resident chemistry for hazmat response course. My brain still is mumbled up mush. While most of our stuff is still packed in boxes, I just had to get started on my urban homestead. Jenny and I spent last Saturday making our first chicken tractor. For those of you unfamiliar with the term, a chicken tractor is a cross between free-range chicken management and keeping them in a coop. What we did was build a 6x12 A-frame and covered it on all sides with chicken wire. This allows the chickens protection from predators, even though I will need to beef up my screen. Raccoons can tear through chicken wire, I am told, while allowing the chickens to peck the ground to supplement their feed. Each week, we will move the tractor to a new location in our yard so that no one spot gets mangled too badly. I was going to take pictures of the construction process, but A, we got too enthused about building and forgot to start taking pictures. I've been there before. B, we did not use a plan. The entire thing was built off of my pursuing a perusing of pictures on the internet and creating as we went. C, Jenny and I lack serious carpentry skills. She got to use a circular saw for the first time Saturday. There is not a square angle on the entire tractor I did not feel like sharing all of our mistakes. I know that eight pullets in the tractor is a lot, but as they grow, I plan on eating the worst three layers, so as to keep only five in the tractor at a time. We built it with a single roll of four-foot chicken wire. Next time, we will only use chicken wire on the floor with something more substantial on the walls. 12-foot, 1-by-4 boards, 8-foot, 1-by-1 boards in a single piece of exterior-grade sheathing. Basically, we cut most of the 1-by-4s into 4-foot sections and cut a 45-degree angle into them. We set them together with glue, brads, and those metal supports used to make trusses. Then we nailed them into 12-foot sections of 1-by-4 to make a frame, then made a door and more supports with the 1-by-1 boards. We cut two triangles into the plywood and then cut the remaining four feet or four foot pieces into two foot sections to make a weatherproof coop. A door was cut to allow the chickens inside and a door was made to allow me to get the eggs. Once the pullets get old enough to lay, then I will make two nesting boxes out of old milk crates I have around the house. Since we moved, we had to buy all the materials including tools so we could not use any scraps. So this cost about 200 bucks but it was an easy enough project for two novices to build in about 10 hours. I have also heard of people experimenting with rabbits in the same way. If this works well, I plan on trying that also. 
If so, then we will make sure to have better pictures and a step-by-step plan for you. So it's a pretty short article. Again, uh, you need to really hit the video um, because you get to see what he's talking about in the video. And uh, just FYI, I don't think the chicken tractor looks too bad. But um, it looks like he's written. He wrote this article before um, before um, the the video, and so he um, looks like he's a little bit farther along in the video by the time by the time you're looking at it. Um, you get to see a spot where the chicken tractor has been, and kind of you can see the difference in the grass. Um, also, uh, he talks a little bit about a problem that he had with a neighbor and some, some legal aspects of it. Some things to consider. I think owning chickens is great. I think everyone should own it, own chickens. Um, they're a little bit of work, but not as much as you would think. But anyway, that's a, a great article. Um, you know, easy to put together, uh, easy enough to put together thing and like you said you know they're not they're not big carpentry skills although I think Dave is not probably giving us all the truth I, I've seen some of his other videos and I know that uh, he's pretty handy outside but uh, it didn't look too difficult to make so definitely go check that one out at uh, Dave's Homestead the website there is tngun.com all right let's go ahead and uh, continue on we're looking at urban survival site next and this uh, article is entitled 11 amazing apps for urban survivalists and uh, specifically talking about apps for your phone and he does talk about Android and iPhone apps so let's go ahead and get into this one your Android phone is one of approximately 1.4 billion worldwide according to a Google Nexus conference in 2015 we've come way past the point where all a phone could do was to make a phone call and send a text now you can turn your cell phone into a full-on survival kit containing everything from a compass to a real radio activity I'm sorry radio activity counter that was right all right you should always keep a spare phone and solar charger as part of your survival kit in many cases a phone could be the difference between life and death here's our picks for the essential apps to load it with number one a banking app in any kind of emergency event you don't want to be cut off from your money at the same time many people don't want to have cash lying around the house for security reasons for this reason, make sure your phone and backup phone has the latest version of your bank's app installed should you need to access your money remotely. Okay, so quick side note. I know a lot of people are going to have problems with that. Um, you know, you're really going to have to weigh that one, uh, whether it's something you want to do or not. Um, I can see the advantage of having that. Let's say things are going bad and banks aren't completely shut down, but you want to transfer some money. Let's say you have a PayPal account. You can send money to your PayPal account and hopefully it would transfer pretty quickly. Uh, in PayPal, you can choose to hold some of your money in uh, other forms than, than the U.S. dollar. And uh, so you can have uh, different denominated accounts there, uh, maybe, you know, in the German, German currency, whatever, you know, whatever, whatever you want to do there. But anyway, so you're really going to have to weigh that one. There are some advantages and disadvantages uh, to that one. Definitely, if you have a banking app, uh, you need to have a lock on your phone for sure. All right, let's continue on. Number two is maps.me. Know your surroundings. This sounds easy enough, but an emergency situation might cause a need to change your environment. In an event like that, you'll have to know where you're going. Maps.me seems to be one of the apps that comes highly recommended because it allows you offline access to both maps and route planning, available on Android and iPhone. So that's one that I haven't heard about before, so I'm going to go check out Maps.me. 
All right, continuing on. Uh, well, in another side note there, uh, the fact that you can do it while you're offline, I think it, that's really important, just in case networks go down, cell towers go down. Um, if, if you can access it without having a connection to the Internet, I think that's, that's very, very powerful there. Uh, number three, SkyMat. Navigating with the stars is an essential survival skill and one of the first things you should teach yourself. Not everyone has the time to cram an entire solar system into their memories, though for that there's a little app called SkyMap. Just point it at whatever you need to see and the app will tell you exactly what you're looking at. That is pretty powerful right there, guys. i got to tell you that. Where you're able to, and there's other apps here we're going to talk about, where you're able to kind of point it at something and it just gives you information. So SkyMap is available on Android and iPhone. All right, continuing on, compass apps. Part of finding your way around means you might be forced to turn a compass for direction. Android phones already have a built-in compass, and there's, there are a couple of great apps to make it work. For Android, the simplest is Android Compass. If you're running an iPhone, switch to Commander Compass Lite instead. It's free. Number five, edible and poisonous plants. Do you trust yourself enough to be completely sure whether or not the plant is poisonous? If not, and most people aren't, download this handy guide to edible and poisonous plants. According to the app's description, it contains details on over 100 useful plants, 15 poisonous plants, flashcards, and even a quiz so you can make sure you're staying on top of the most vital survival information. Their information is sourced from the U.S. Army Survival Manual and open source public records. It goes without saying that you, should trust just, you shouldn't just trust one app with your safety, but confirm any and all information with several sources. Available on Android and iPhone. Number six, Planet Plant Identification. Planet, Planet, or I'm sorry, Plant Net Plant Identification. So the plant has like the at symbol like you would in, have it in an email. So Plant Net is another spin on the Plant Identification app. But instead of just being a catalog, you can point your camera right at what you're trying to identify. And the app uses photo recognition tech to tell you what it is. There's some serious backing and research behind this software, so you can trust it. You can find more information about PlantNet system here, available on Android and iPhone. All right, number seven, survival guide. Familiarize yourself with survival guides as a rule. They are filled with information that has been collected through the trial and error of others so that you don't have to. The first one on this list has most of its information coming from the U.S. Army survival guides, and it's a quick and easy way to find out what you're dealing with or, or to just study up on your survival knowledge when waiting in line somewhere. Available on Android and iPhone. Radioactivity counters, number eight. This is one of those things that you don't think you'll need until the day you do, and then you'll really, really wish you had it. In the event of a nuclear accident or any kind of exposure to radiated materials, keep this radioactivity counter for your phone handy. Yes, it works. While we're not exactly sure of the gritty tech behind it, you can read more about the radioactivity counter app from its creator here, available on Android and iPhone. Zello. Zello is the go-to app for turning your phone into a walkie-talkie. This is essential for keeping in touch with your family through a secure channel. You pick the channel and anyone with the channel details can access the channel and join the group discussion via voice, just like a walkie-talkie works normally. You might want to set up a specific channel for your survivalist contacts, emergency evacuation group, or family, available for Android and iPhone. Number 10, the SAS Survival Guide. The second, or, the second of Survival Guide apps on the list, the SAS Survival Guide app, is based on the hugely successful survival book, the SAS Survival Guide, by former soldier John Lofty Wiseman. 
The app is filled with crucial survival information that, quite frankly, you could find yourself dead without. According to the app's description, it contains the book's full text, 16 down, downloadable instruction videos, checklist, a sun compass, a Morse code signaling device, photo galleries of edible and poisonous plants. This is the survival app available on Android and iPhone. And uh, I got to tell you, I, I haven't heard of this one before, so I've seen a lot of these. And I'm just curious if this one costs. I'm going to the Google Play Store while we're uh, while I'm talking here, so excuse me uh, while it's loading for me. And of course, it's going to load really slow. All right, I'll come back to it. Um, number eleven, Therm app. If you're into cool gadgets, this is a great one to invest in. Take a look at the app called Therm app. You'll have to buy the special thermal imaging camera that comes with it, but you'll be glad to know that it's Android capable. Therm app is basically the Android version of a thermal imaging camera, a gear that could normally cost you a whole lot more. What are your essential survival apps for keeping your head together in the urban jungle? Use the comments to let us know. And as always, stay safe. All right. Well, there's a lot of cool apps there that um, that you can have. All right. Okay. So I'm at the Google Play Store, and it looks like the SAS. Um, it looks like it's free. Wow. I um, I don't remember looking or seeing that one uh, in a while and being free and that it had all those different things. So they must have definitely upgraded that one here recently. All right. So uh, when you go to Urban Survival Site, you have all the links there to get to where you need to get to, and uh, definitely some interesting ones like that thermal app one is uh, is definitely another interesting one. All right, let's go ahead and keep moving on. We're going on to uh, a neat little website. I haven't uh, done any articles from this one yet. Uh, it's called Five Gallon Ideas. And um, this one here, the title of this, uh, well, and it's fivegallonideas.com. The title of this article is How to Make an Emergency Water Filter. So um, it's not a purifier, but a filter. But let me go ahead and start reading this one, and I want to come back and, and uh, just maybe clarify a spot or two. In a previous post, we discussed how you can filter water using a five-gallon bucket. Today, we're going to look at how you can build one of these water filters yourself for an emergency situation like a natural disaster. Lack of access to clean drinking water kills 1.6 million young children each year, according to UNICEF. The water filter will build consists of four five-gallon buckets that work to filter successfully smaller particles out of the water until you're left with relatively clean and safe drinking water. This is a relatively low-cost solution and in most circumstances preferably, preferable over having to boil water. Gravel, so there's a, I'm sorry, there's a, a graphic here that shows the water going into gravel and then sand and then charcoal. Alright, so the materials needed to build your own water uh, filter, you'll need a power drill with 1 inch and 2 inch hole saws, 4 5 gallon buckets, screening the type used to replace a torn window screen, 3 cer ceramic wall tiles the type you use for a bathroom, scissors something to use for a stand, a large bag of sand, a large bag of pea gravel, a large bag of activated charcoal or carbon, volume should be roughly equal to the sand and gravel combined and then epoxy. So step one, drill a one inch hole at the bottom of three of the four buckets. And so there are some pictures here that you can uh, check out. Step two, use a two inch hole saw and, a drill, and drill a hole in the lids of two of the buckets. Leave the lid of, for the top bucket alone. 
the holes don't need to sit in the same place as the one inch hole. I think that's important for later on. I'll touch base on that. Take the screening and cut out a couple of three inch squares of the screening material for each of the buckets. To give it added strength, we'll use more than one. Use the epoxy to put these squares in place on the inside of the buckets so that they cover the one inch holes. You may need to use something to hold the screening, screening down while the epoxy is curing. Step four, put the ceramic tiles on the screening shiny side up. Use a small epoxy amount of epoxy in the corners to fix the tiles in place. So um, I don't know, there, there's not, these aren't, they don't have pictures here on every step, uh, but I believe that the tiles are there to create space between each bucket so that when the water comes out, it's able to you know filter into the next bucket, and so that's that's what I believe the ceramic tiles are for. I wish there was a picture there, but um, I think after kind of thinking through it, uh, you'll see that that's that's needed in there. Um, step five. Now it's time to prepare the filter medium. Take the activated charcoal you have. If it isn't crushed yet, crush it first until you're left with the very small pieces of up to a few millimeters. To clean your filter medium, put in a bucket full of water and watch whether the water becomes cloudy. Keep rinsing the filter material until the water ceases to get cloudy. Do this for the gravel, the sand, and the activated charcoal. When one of the filter mediums is clean, put it in a bucket until you have all the filter mediums in a separate bucket. Step 6. Put the lids on the charcoal and sand buckets. Sorry, let me read that again. Put the lid on the charcoal and stand buckets. The charcoal bucket should stand at the bottom on top of something so that the hole at the bottom isn't covered. The sand bucket on top of it and the gravel bucket goes on top of the sand bucket. Step 7. With your buckets in place, start pouring water onto the top gravel bucket using your fourth bucket. At first, the water will come out cloudy. This is simply dirt that you didn't manage to remove from the filter medium right away. One time, how, over time, however, clean water will start to come out uh, that you can drink in an emergency situation. Prepare an emergency bucket. If you're interested in preparing to make clean water, definitely check out your emergency bucket article 2 or our emergency bu bucket article 2 uh, where we have a, a big list of supplies that will come in handy when you have to live through an emergency situation. Always have an emergency supply of water ready. Governments in most countries encourage the population to store some drinking water as part of pr preparation measures for emergencies. This is sound advice as it's easier to stock up on drinking water than it is to have to work on cleaning drinking water yourself on the spot. For this reason, always have a bucket or other containers in your house that you can keep filled with water. Store one gallon per person or pet per day. Store enough water to prepare for at least three days up to three weeks if you have enough room. Where do I get activated charcoal? Sand and gravel shouldn't be too difficult to get for you to get. Activated charcoal is of course more difficult. It can be made naturally, but it requires high temperatures. We suggest you consider buying it in advance. And there are, there are links here. As always, feel free to ask any other questions you might have in the comment section below. We're always glad to give you advice. So um, a great little uh, website here. You know, Preppers love their five gallons. There's a lot of uh, do-it-yourself type things that you can do on the right side of the website. A lot of uh, five-gallon uses and articles that you can link to. And uh, again, the websites have links that you know that you're going to want to check out. 
Um, I don't know if um, I would consider that this is definitely going to be a water filter to um, in an emergency if you didn't have anything else. Uh, a water filter to get out particles and, and to try to make the water as clean as possible. Um, it's not a purifier. Uh, so I don't know if I would completely drink it unless I absolutely had to without boiling it first. But, um, you know, having having these things, I definitely have seen these and done articles or posted articles on Prepper website in the past where this is all that they've ever used. And uh, so I, I do believe you can, you can use it for that. But um, definitely... Uh, I would still consider if you have that possibility. This is you're wanting to to clean to clean out uh, as much of the water and make it uh, as clear as possible. Take out all the impurities of it. And again, I think you still probably want to want to boil it after that. But uh, so you definitely you need to have a water filter, but you need to have a, you know the purifying as well things to to purify it and. Uh, um, you know, in, invest in that. That's something that every prepper should have. Water is just so important. All right, so let's go ahead and go to the last one. Uh, it's coming to us by Ready uh, from Ready Nutrition. That's ReadyNutrition.com. Um, it's by John Kraus or Joshua Kraus. Sorry. The title of this article is Six Totally Insane Things That Will Happen If Our Power Grid Goes Down." So uh, let's go ahead and read these. Uh, this always kind of gets you, you know, thinking one second after, right? So uh, let's go ahead and read this. Imagine, if you will, what would happen if you pulled an American family from the 19th century and plopped them in the middle of downtown Los Angeles during rush hour. They're not given a warning. They're not given any kind of primer on what uh, they're about to experience, and the occurrence is completely inexplicable. How long do you suppose they would last before they cried uncle? Would they even survive? The odds probably aren't so good. Of course, the reverse is probably also true. If you and your family were wrenched from the comforts of the present and hurled back into a previous era, you might not fare so well either. Your survival odds would probably be a little better since you have hindsight and an understanding of germ theory. However, it would still be a pretty alien world for you. It would be littered with pitfalls that most modern people can't even imagine. Six totally insane things that will happen if our power grid goes down. And that's why it's so important for everyone to prepare for the possibility that one day our grid could go down in a big way, whether it be from a terrorist attack, cyber attack, nuclear war, or solar flare. If our society suffered a widespread power failure that lasted for weeks or months, it would be no different for us than if we were suddenly sent back to the 1800s. It would be a strange and dangerous world, and for the average person, it would catch them off guard in the following ways. Number one, all commerce would cease. The ATMs won't work, the banks won't open, and the cash registers won't, well, register. For a while, cash will be king, but if the crisis goes on for more than a few weeks, then people will view it as a worthless. We'd be back to a barter economy in a short order. Number two, communications will shut down. If you think you can rely on your cell phone to work in a disaster, think again. In a crisis, when everyone instinctively reaches for their phone, that limit is quickly surpassed, and the radios on the tower get sluggish, thus causing the fast, busy signal. Mo mobile analysts estimate that a cell site can handle 150 to 200 calls per second per sector. When a large group are making calls at the same time, the network can't handle the amount of calls. More importantly, communications with police, firefighters, and ambulance services will cease. 
Many of the workers in these positions will try to soldier on and keep doing their best job that they can for as long as they can. However, without ordinary citizens calling them to report crimes and emergencies, they'll be helplessly watching their communities burn down around them. It won't be long before they give up, ditch their post, and return to their families. Without electricity, Number three, without electricity, all forms of fuel that our society relies on will stop flowing. All of our vehicles will be dead in the winter, and most importantly, the trucks will stop delivering food. The grocery stores will be stripped bare in hours and will not be replenished for a long time. Even if you live in the area that is rich in agricultural resources, there may be no food to be had since those farms rely on fertilizers and farming equipment that must be delivered by trucks. Number four, and of course, many of those farms will lack water, as will your plumbing. For a couple of days after the power goes out, you'll still have running water since water towers rely on gravity to feed the water to your home. However, electricity is required to clean that water and pump it into the tower. Once it's out, that means that you won't be able to flush your toilet. So, not only dehydration be a major threat, but without the ability to remove human waste or wash your hands, every community will face daunting sanitation problems. Number five. When the grocery stores are stripped bare, the pharmacies won't be far behind. Millions of people who rely on life-saving medications could die in the weeks and months that follow. But perhaps more shockingly is what would happen to the people who aren't using drugs that are immediately life-saving. 13% of Americans are using opioid drugs, which are highly addictive and cause horrendous withdrawal symptoms. Another 13% of Americans are on antidepressants, and likewise, the withdrawal symptoms are pretty problematic. In other words, within a few weeks after the grid collapses, about 25% of your neighbors are going to be in an awful mental state that is not conducive for survival. Number six. And finally, one of the most shocking things that people will have to deal with is the lack of GPS. The GPS satellites will probably keep running, but eventually the devices that read those signals will give up the ghost. These days, people are pretty reliant on GPS for direct directions, and there aren't as many paper maps lying around. The average person is going to be utterly lost if the grid goes down. In summary, law and order will break down at every level, and death will be around every corner. It's one thing to grow up and live in an era that lacks electricity, but to be sent back to such a time on a moment's notice would be one of the most challenging things that a person accustomed to modern amenities would ever face. So again, going back, and so there's some comments there you might want to go and, and, and check out. Um, you know, thinking about the GPS and then with the cell phone um, article that we read just a little while ago, uh, you definitely want some solar chargers. And so it's not hard um, to make your own solar charger. Um, of course, eventually the batteries would wear out, but it, they would go for, for a while. Um, but then also, um, there are, if you can't make it or you don't feel comfortable making one, there are things that you can buy out there, uh, Goal Zeros and then, you know, even cheaper models of Goal Zeros that you can, uh, that you can do. So, uh, definitely solar chargers can work. And remember, if cars aren't working, there's going to be a lot of batteries that you can, that you can, uh, link to. But anyway, some, uh, food for thought there. So that's it. Uh, four articles there, uh, for today. And that's it for this episode. 
Um, before I go, if I can ask you for that huge favor, man, if you'll just share out the Prepper website, podcast.com, to your friends, if you'll just let them know uh, on social media. We've got links on the website to make it easy to kind of share out the episodes. Uh, just word of mouth, just letting them, letting people know out there that there's a, a daily uh, Prepper podcast out there that um, that you can link to. I mean, there's other ones definitely, but there's, uh, you know, there's always... Um, you know, that need for, for desiring something a little bit different and something more. So, again, if you'll share that out, greatly appreciate it. If you get a chance, come by the website, theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. Hey, drop me a line or two or hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I always love to hear from people out there. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with another great uh, other great articles to share. And don't forget that there's always a ton of great articles on PrepperWebsite.com that you can go and take a look at. We link to the to the best articles every single day out there. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, stay prepped and aware. Peace.